Hi guys, welcome to episode one of Get to France podcast. Today I'm with the lovely Lisa McEchnie and we're up in the G4 podcast studio, which is absolutely amazing. Thanks for tuning in and I'm going to get Lisa to tell us a wee bit of her life story, but first of all she'll give us a background. Lisa. Hello Mandy, how are you? I'm great Lisa, this is a different type of mic that you normally work with, isn't oh, it? Oh it sure is, see if I was singing I would be fine, but I'm a wee bit nervous right now. <laughs> Maybe you could use a wee chant at the end. Oh I don't know, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how I'm feeling. <laughs> right, go for it Lisa, tell us about you. Okay. Uh, so my name is Lisa McKechnie, I'm 30 years old from Belsill, um, I've got a little boy called Jude who's 4 years old and I have been teaching the boys and girls at Fever Pitch Academy for almost 10 years now. Amazing. I should have added that. That's how I know Lisa. Me mm-hmm. and Lisa have known each other for seven years. My wee girl's been going to Lisa's academy for seven years now. Yes. Um, and she'll fill us all in about that um, just when we get started. Do you want to tell us a wee bit about the academy just now and then we'll go through? Absolutely. Um, so we started, um, so as I said, 2012 that'll be. Um, we started and I remember hiring a hall. And I said to my mum that I was going to open up a theatre school. And she basically laughed and she went, Lisa, that's another one of your crazy ideas. <laughs> she was like, you can't just open up a theatre school. And I was like, why not? Why, 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 why can I not just open up a class? So we, we used to hire, um, God, it was called Orbison Neighbourhood Centre um, in Bellsill. And I think our very first class, we had five, maybe five students at it. And now we've got, oh God our own place, um, and we've got, I'd say, probably over 100 students anyway. And you're non-stop with all your Have, kids. Oh, absolutely, absolutely crazy, but a good crazy. And this is your third location, isn't it, for you? Yeah, well, well, second, our own place. But we used to, so we hired church halls at the start, um, and obviously it's like singing, dance and drama, uh, the three elements of musical theatre. We hired halls, um, and then we ended up moving into our own, our own place, and think that would have been July, sorry, October 2014, we got our first studio, um, and then we've evolved since then, <laughs> we have, we've, we've moved, we've moved up in the world, <laughs> um, and we've got our, our own place with more rooms and more space, and um, it's fantastic, so it's, it's great, it's lovely, we've got a summer camp on this week, so um, my head's full of Matilda songs. Amazing. We've got a show tomorrow, so we're doing our first show in two years, like live for an audience. So I'm absolutely delighted and so looking forward to having an actual audience in, rather than just the virtual shows. That'll be amazing, Lisa. It'll be absolutely amazing. You've took the kids loads of places, haven't you? You've performed all over the place. Mm-hmm. So London... Disneyland Paris, which I'm sure, and it's so funny, Mandy, because I remember when Karis was doing that, wee Leila was literally in the buggy. And now she's at Fever Pitch. And how old is Leila now then? She's nine now. That's crazy. She was about three. Aye, definitely. In the buggy, and that would have been 2015, maybe? Um, aye, that's right. Is that right? Aye. 2015. Um, oh, wow. Um, so Disneyland, and then the most recent one, just before COVID was the big one. We performed in New York, in New York City. And that is absolutely amazing. And you also got a 
scholarship for a kid to go to New York, didn't you? Yes, we did. We did. We got, it was a local um, lady, Mary. I'm sure people all know Mary Angels. Oh, um, yeah. um, so she very kindly offered the scholarship, the amazing work that she does in the community anyway. Um, but she offered the scholarship and one of our senior students got to come along completely free of charge and all expenses paid. So it, it was just amazing. There was I think there was 10, 10 students that went um, and see just to be like performing in Broadway. It's crazy. It was like a Broadway experience. So there was a company called Smile Productions, um, and they put it's a place in uh, a theatre, sorry, in Broadway called the Town Hall, um, and they do this big show every year, and it's like from the UK, so many different schools. Um, so we did that, and the kids did a medley from We'll Rock You. So it was like all the Queen stuff. It was so emotional. See when they were, see when they were doing it, when the, and the whole theatre. See because the songs are so catchy, like the whole theatre were loving it. So it was amazing. One what, of the best experiences. What an experience for the young people. Absolutely, Absolutely. amazing. It is. They'll, they'll remember that forever. Absolutely. They will. Uh, so tell us about you, Lisa. Tell me how you, how did you get into this musical theatre? This wee girl with this big dream in the theatre <laughs> school ten years later. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I started singing when I was four. So I was always singing around the house, dancing about. I mean, singing better than I can dance, Mandy, if you've ever saw me dance. <laughs> I won't say two left feet, but however, um, we get by. <laughs> but um, always singing, and I had a neighbour at the time, so it was actually my aunt's neighbour. Her name was, we used to call her Auntie Betty. You know, you know your Glasgow uh, auntie, uh, your that's, auntie. Your, that's your auntie. Um, and we called her Auntie Betty. And do you ever remember the shop up in Belsall Main Street, and it was called Stepic? It was like an electrical store. Aye. I think they had like branches. I think they had yeah. a few. Um, and there was this competition in the Bell Salt Speaker where it all began. And that's not the first time you've been no. in the paper, is it? No. The last. <laughs> we'll touch on that later, Mandy. Um, so, yeah, so she phoned my mum. I was going to say text, but let's face it, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting on now. So I'm 30. So let's be honest, 26 years ago, it wasn't a text oh. that Manny Betty sent. <laughs> So she phoned my mum and she was like, um, Lisa, she's always singing, like there's this competition, a singing contest up the street. Up the street. <laughs> up the street, up the street. So I had to go up to this wee store and stand next to like all like the washing machines and the microwaves and all that and belt out a tune for them. So the, I, I, phoned, well, I can't remember this, obviously, but I was four, so I was four years old and um, the company contacted my mum and said, we were really impressed, I think it was all recorded, said it was sent in to whoever it was that was running it um, and they said, we're really impressed, we would like to um, take her through the next round. So I'm obviously literally not up nor down about it do you know what I mean I've no clue what's going on and my mum was oh that's it it. you can take the last week of Bale's (laughs) (laughs) and um, my mum was my mum was up to the high dough as you can imagine so she had my my glad rags on I think she remember I think she remember telling me there was a shop called was it Sunshine Kids in Motherwell (laughs) see a a few people hopefully people that are listening will maybe know this but I'm sure it was Sunshine Kids and you also had can you remember what every woman wants oh I remember that in Motherwell Motherspoons now yes exactly (laughs) and I loved it and it was like it's your Christmas party outfit wasn't it and that was your good outfit that you go on so I can get the Christmas party outfit on (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it was in Glasgow um, one of the hotels I can't remember which one um, and the winner was being chosen to represent Scotland down in London in Errol's Court so it was actually like a kind of national contest um, that we never really knew the extent of it at the time. Um, so 
we get in there and my mum said her words to me where she was mortified because she walked in and all these kids were dressed like they were going to like a beauty like a beauty <laughs> contest a pageant a pageant whatever you call it and um, she said that I'd walked in like with my wee bunches in and my wee tartan dress and my wee for the, for the sunshine <laughs> for whatever <laughs> reason <laughs> so um, I sung and I remember I, you know I can actually remember it there's like a you know like the old videos Actually, Aye. I would love to get it changed into a DVD for memories to be able to keep. But it was all recorded, and um, it was like my mum got me. My mum knows nothing, by the way, about like musical theatre, singing, and all that. So I honestly don't know why it was my mum that taught me this stuff for this contest, <laughs> and how I managed to go on and actually do well in it. Um, sorry, mum. <laughs> um, but so I went, and she got me to. I used to, so this was my opening line, right? It was my name's Lisa and I'm four and I'm going to sing two songs and a poem, right? Wow. So it <laughs> wow, <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> so it was a poem by um, Ravi Burns. She got me to miss. <laughs> it said the moosey to the pussy. <laughs> literally, literally the moosey to the pussy. Let me at your wee hussy. <laughs> a bit dodge I'm not really sure you get away with it now Mandy Aye, but however it was the Moosey to the Pussy poem and then oh god some Shirley Temple song and I finished with I'm leaving on a jet plane I don't know if you remember that song Aye, but my it. mum that was what she taught me that was our that was our first and last I'd say is your mum a chanter? no a no she's not my dad I mean they like they probably would like to think they, they like a wee sing song but I think um, I recently actually only found out that my dad's my dad's dad, so my granddad, who I never met, he died before I was born. Um, his sister was like quite, and her time was like quite a I don't know if you're famous or whatever like that, right. but she was quite a well-known singer. But we only got contacted recently on Facebook, and she's been writing. So if she'll probably listen oh, to that's this, amazing. Louis Cleveley, um, and she's always sharing my stuff. So. A wee hello to Louie, and it was her mum that, that was the that was a singer. But we thought it was my mum's side because my granddad's mum was also a singer. So and he's just recently connected. Literally a few weeks, month, few months ago. That's amazing. It's, isn't it? it's good, isn't it? Uh, so, so good. Um, so yeah. So yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't sing. They don't. They don't sing. So the the competition. So um, got through that stage. Um, one I remember, my dad thought it was great. He won a. At the time, it was a camcorder, it was called. <laughs> right? It was a camcorder. Um, and my mum said, like, she was, what? She's get through here. And whatever. It was one person in the whole of Scotland. Amazing. Uh, and then I took it down to London, Earl's Court, and it was televised. It was on GMTV. Brilliant. And it was Lorraine Kelly that presented it. Oh, that's good. Which the is nice. Scottish link. A wee Scottish link. Um, and she was questioning my moosey to the pussy. I remember she was questioning that on the stage. Um, but it's quite funny because recently... Um, I'll touch on it later on, but I sang with a gospel choir called Soul Nation, and we were doing the, I think it was the Riverside show uh, last year, and she was presenting it, and oh. I remember asking her and saying, do you remember doing that contest? <laughs> do you remember that, Moosey yes, to the Pussy? the Moosey to the Pussy <laughs> uh, poem. But um, I, so, did that, um, and I think I came, I came fourth out of the UK, um, and as I said, my dad got this camcorder, which by the way, every Christmas, every was Christmas it? morning it was out, and I was coming down with my, my rollers in my head, with my pants over my head Aye. to keep them, to keep them on. <laughs> Everyone used to get a treat to see me getting up <laughs> on Christmas morning with this camcorder. Um, and they gave me like £100 to spend in Toys R Us, which I obviously thought was great. Um, grudgingly, I had to spend it share it with my big brother <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was basically that was the start yep so every time after then I was always like mum 
if there was I seen a contest coming up or a competition or anything like that, I was like, I want to go in for that. I just that was me. I had the bug. Amazing. That is amazing. That must have been great for your confidence as well. Right, well, obviously, I can't really. I remember from watching the like the recording. I don't actually remember being there, do you know what I mean? Because I was that young. Um, but then, like, all the competitions and stuff that I'd done after it um, was was fab, right? So I'm just trying to think of the other ones that I, the other ones that I did. So um, do you ever remember Live and Loud? Aye, yeah. You remember that? Aye. So when I was 14, so as I said, I always did any competition. There was a... Uh, North Lanarkshire Council used to run remember like North Lanarkshire Singer of the Year, Writer of the Year, Aye. Dancer, all that. I used to go in for that, and a really funny story, actually. I was always up to something and do you know you'll probably you agree <laughs> some things literally never change right. um, but I was always up to something so I remember if you won the singer of the year or whatever you weren't allowed to enter the next year so I went in for writer of the year and I won that <laughs> oh so you're quite good at writing as well well I do like to write songs and stuff so I, I do do that but I do I've always liked English and all that but I just I was just wanted to be up to something right, so I couldn't get in for the singer so I went in for that no, I wish I was <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, done all of that, and then when I was fourteen, um, live and loud, I was at. A, it was really funny because um, it was a. Co- it was a. My dad won the tickets. I wasn't even supposed to be going, and my dad had won the tickets at work. It was this fun day they were doing, um, and it was like pop a balloon, and if you had the prize Aye. in the balloon, you got it. Um, and my dad came in saying, "I've got tickets for this. Do you want to go to it?" And of course, I'm like, "Well, that'd be great." It was like Daniel Bedenfield, Rachel Stevens, S Club Seven, Blue, all that kind of thing, and I think there was. 32,000 people there so they had like a karaoke stage and of course me being me I was like I was like that I want a shot so I'd done it um, and the prize was to sing in the main stage um, which I got to do oh that is amazing how cool is that that is so cool um, I was 14 um, and I sung Hero by Mariah Mariah Carey and we were there it was just me and my cousin and it was like at a time that like ever really had your own phone and it was different do you know what I mean and I know I was it was only 16 years ago but it was different then, Aye. you know. So I remember my, my cousin having to borrow a phone. It was just me and my cousin there, who was like 16 and I was 14. And um, she had to borrow a phone to phone my mum and everybody was tuned in back home in the radio because that's how they could hear it. Aye, good. Um, so it was amazing. And I remember coming off the stage and this guy, like, kinda, it was like a radio presenter was standing. And of course at 14, I didn't really know the extent of what was, what was happening, do you know what I mean? And um, come off the side of the stage and Daniel Bedenfield grabbed me and cuddled me. <laughs> genuinely, right? And I was like... Hi, and I, I didn't know what to say to him, right? And the first thing that came out of my mouth was, my dad loves you. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been like a standing joke. Gordon loves Daniel Benfield. <laughs> like, um, so it was obviously we kind of spoke to like the radio, um, like the presenters and all that. And um, afterwards, it was in the paper that, um, oh God, what was it? He had said to them that he was going to get me to warm up his next tour. Says he when he was in Glasgow, Aye. he wanted me to do it. But do you remember he had that really bad car accident? Yeah. And it was it was literally weeks after that. And I don't ever think he ever fully really got back. I get get right back into it. Um, but I. It was, it was, it was, that was nice. Fill so us in in your outfit then for the live and loud. Was that a, what everyone oh, wants? It was not everyone wants. It was probably a. Uh, Prada mark. Uh, <laughs> I remember it was like, oh god, it was white um, combat trousers, <laughs> white combat trousers, and an emerald green vest Sounds with my nice. with my big chunky gold Lisa chain and my sovereigns. Aye, yeah. <laughs> and my, my handbag earrings. <laughs> Sounds cracking. Love it. So that was my good outfit for that. There's some photos somewhere. I'll be sure to. I'll be sure to send you. Like them. Them. I'll be good. sure to do it. <laughs> Sounds good. So. 
throughout school? Were you in everything there? Always was in and out. My school didn't have drama, a drama department. Oh, really? Which was quite upsetting right. for me because obviously it was something I wanted to do. So I didn't really have much background in like the kind of musical theatre side that was always just singing. My mum did her best. My dad obviously didn't have a clue, but he, he, I'm sure he funded it. Aye, I'm sure he did. <laughs> um, which I'm sure you get, Mandy. Aye. I'm always looking for people to fund my wains that come Aye. to Fever Pitch. Definitely. Um, so I, I went to a couple of places, but dance, as I said earlier, was never my strong point. And at that time, musical theatre is obviously really big now, but probably even then it wasn't just as big Aye. as what it is now. So I always was never strong at dance and I was always like I'm not doing it I'm not doing it I'm not I didn't even try I'm quite bad for if I'm no good at something see if I'm no naturally good at something it's I don't like it I can relate to that actually I've, I've, you get, know, I've got one like that actually I, and it's like I don't like it and it's like looking back now I really really wish, wish just went for it. put in the extra effort right. and really worked in the fundamentals of dance and learned do you know what uh, I mean? How to do it? Um, I wouldn't say. I know I joked earlier that I'm, I've got two left feet. I can pick it up, but I need to try harder. The singing and the drama comes naturally to me. The dance doesn't. So, uh, and I always try and say that to my students now. I'm like, you uh, need to stick in. Uh, I get it, and it, it's going to be so helpful for you in later life if this uh, is something that you want to do. Um, to actually stick in it, all three elements, even if there's something that you don't like as much as the others. Um, so yeah, so did all of that. Sorry, what did you ask me there? there was I was just asking about school. And about school. So um, school never had any of that. Um, as I said, mum tried her best. One, she didn't really know how to help me. Just, uh, you know what it's like if you just don't know. You've never had any experience in it. Um, and two, there was three of us. So total working class background. We never went without anything. But I think my mum my always felt like if one was getting something, aye, everybody had everybody. to get something. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, aye, so I remember going to a school on a Saturday, and again, it was the dance and the singing and the drama. It was 94 on a Saturday, which was quite a lot. Um, and I didn't enjoy the dance, and I loved doing the singing and the drama. And eventually I just kind of said to my mum, oh, it's no for me. I think I was in the back. I remember like my mum giving me like £20 on a Saturday to go and pay my... And I, I'm like, that's a lot of money then. That is a lot of money. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and I remember thinking, I hate taking that off my mum. And I do always remember at that point, and although I was maybe only like first, second year, I remember thinking like I would love, that was probably the first time I ever thought I would like to open up my own school, but have it like... In the community. In the community and have it like affordable and accessible for people. And I, I know that I've got so many different students with different backgrounds Absolutely. and I know that there, there definitely are some maybe even people that don't drive that maybe wouldn't be able to go somewhere if it wasn't for us being there and it's on the main street and I'd like to think that it's um, good value for money and things like that that they're getting so school I never really did much to be honest and I hated music I, I've never I don't play any instruments which again is something that I do regret mm-hmm. um, and yeah I never really stuck in it music or I, I picked art instead of music I did higher that, art. That's dead surprising, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, picked art instead of music. So um, I think there was a couple of things at school. There was a, so a couple of talent shows, maybe... Um, do you remember the Super County show? Aye. Remember that? Yeah. And it was all the high schools did it. I remember doing that, but I always felt quite like... Oh, I wouldn't say let down with my school, because they obviously just didn't have it at the time. But like I did schools that have got the drama department aye, and they've got everything. Do you know, and, and I always wished, oh, I wish I had that. But everything happens for a reason. Exactly. So, and and it's not held you back. Well, that's it. Very true. So um, when I had went um, to audition, so I had an old singing teacher, that, um, and it was actually my wee granda, right? So 
God raised him. He passed away. I was fifteen, so um, I approached my mum one night and he said, um, "I want you send up your singing lessons. I want you to find the best in the country, and I don't care what it costs. I um, want to pay it. for them." So they used to drive me up. I'm sure it was Edinburgh once oh. a month, and again it was expensive. Do you know what I mean? And like my gra- my wee granda obviously funded it and sent me. And I always remember him saying to me, um, "I don't. The only thing I ask is that when I'm not here." that you drop flowers at my grave in your limo. Oh. <laughs> that was always his wee request. And I'm sorry, Grandad. I mean, I've no, I've no got a limo, but... <laughs> I'll take the flowers, son, but... I'll, I'll, I'll take the limo. flowers, son, but... <laughs> um, so, yeah, so um, my old singing teacher, um, Sarah Jane, this was like a lady a wee bit more closer to home that I'd went to, um, that's actually been a really positive influence throughout my, my whole life, um, went to her. She was the kind of... She's when I did the North Lanarkshire Voices and all that. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, she ran run all of that, um, right. and that's how we get in there. And she did lessons for me, and it was funny because she'd stopped doing it because she got a new job. So I hadn't I had been out of touch with her for a few years, and I, I was at school and I remember the teacher saying to us, "Right, we're going to have a class um, working in our UCAS applications," and I remember sitting thinking, "I don't want to go to uni," right. and I was like, "I don't really know what I want to do." I know that I don't want to go to uni. Um, so, uh, again, no having the drama, no having... I was I didn't have the option to think that's in Aye. school that's what I liked or that that was even an option to pursue a career in that. Um, so my mum had taken me to this open day in Coatbridge College and I walked in and I saw Sarah Jane oh. and I forgot that that's where she went to be the curriculum leader in the musical theatre course. So I walked in and she's like, ah, yes, signed up, here we go. <laughs> she so was she, waiting for you. She was waiting for me. So she signed me up and I was like... I want to just do NQ acting and performance. And I remember her scoring it out in the sheet and going, you're doing HND musical <laughs> theatre. And I went, I don't like all that opera stuff. <laughs> I was a wee bit of an Ed with my sovereigns and that. Um, I don't like all that opera. Classical singing. Um, and she's like, that, move, you're doing it. And I was like, ah, okay. So I remember going into school and, get, uh, sorry, there was a di- an audition first and you had to turn up and sing a song. And do you know what I sung for a musical theatre entry course? The Rose Bette Midler. <laughs> I didn't know any songs for musicals. Like, it was all pop. I always sung, I was always belting out Christina Aguilera, Genie in a Bottle, Leanne Rhymes, Fight right. the Moonlight. That was my that was my go-to songs. Um, and surprisingly, when I get into the course, which I don't know how I managed that, sometimes it's who you know. With no musical song. <laughs> no musical song. Don't even think I'd done a monologue. Um, and get into the course, and I remember being so excited, being like, oh, this is good. I'm going to go and do stuff I love. Like, and um, I went into school. And I remember telling my English teacher at the time what I was doing, and she looked at me as if you're going to do, you're going to do musical theatre. And I remember feeling dead deflated, um. and, and I remember at that minute thinking, "I'll show you." Aye, I'll genuinely, show you. I'll show you. I'll show you because it was as if like everybody was doing like um, everybody was doing like going to uni and to be teachers and to be uh, girls. I was at school. We were, there was a set of twins. Yeah, they've done amazing. Um, one of the girl, one of the twins is a doctor. One's a dentist. Aye. Like amazing, amazing, incredible um, jobs to be in, um, careers to pursue. And I was like, well, I'll show you. So I went and did the musical theatre um, and then did my third year at uni degree course. Qualified with be musical theatre in 20... That would have been... 2011, 2011 I did that, so 2012 Fever Pitch opened, 
So And that's been your life? Oh, and you know me, I dive in, Mandy, right? And sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't, right? right? And I think that's all my mum and dad worried about at the start because I am very impulsive and it's like they'll say to me, if Lisa wants to do something, Lisa will do it. And you know what? I don't always think that's a bad thing. No, definitely. I've failed so many times with so many different things, but I've always tried again. And you're not (laughs) afraid to admit it. Well, that's it. And I think you can't be. So um, I saw that that was literally it. And then Open Fever Pitch and um, it was always like still doing gigs. So sing with Soul Nation, Gospel Choir, um, do pantomimes with um, Inside Out Productions or like we do like game um, I've done it in a while obviously with the, with the COVID thing it's been an absolute nightmare for people like me and right. um, businesses shut and um, we were lucky and fortunate enough that we could operate online with the teaching kids but the people in my industry that's full-time performers it makes you feel sick and then looking at the sites in Wembley um, the Euros and stuff like uh, that and you think, mm, right, okay, what's and, happening and here? And you get your group of wings that can't sing. Exactly, and we haven't been able to sing until just a few weeks, literally probably this week actually was the first we've sung because group singing wasn't allowed. And then you look at things like, and it's making me quite angry actually, um, at Phil and Holly, and I love Phil and Holly on, um, uh, on Good Morning, but um, it's like, in the, the, the did you see the photo on Facebook? And it was like one's at one end of the, the sofa and one's at the other. Yeah. And then they've took a selfie at the Euros or wherever it was, the, wherever it was they were there. Um, and you just think, right, okay, Aye, what is, is going on here now? This is this is too much. And you've managed to survive the pandemic. Your school's we'll still going strong. Thank goodness. And I just can't wait to get back to singing and um performing myself as well and, yeah. and, and doing all that kind of stuff and I'm really really fortunate that I've been able to like create like my life around being able to teach and perform still yeah. and I'm quite a home bird and I've always wanted to be here um, and like with my family and all that kind of thing and I'm really really fortunate that and I've been really lucky with opportunities and all that that's that's come my way um, so yeah so happy to have survived this pandemic amazing <laughs> and you you've got a lovely wee boy he comes to fever pitch I too I do we did he's four amazing four years old tell us a bit about the day when he was um Clinging to your leg and kissing oh, your face. Oh my goodness. So I was trying to teach a song from Matilda for a re-show tomorrow. And um, it was literally, you know that way, like when you're speaking and your kid is grabbing your cheeks and face. And so I had him like hanging in one hip. And I was like, dude, he was so good yesterday. And then today he's been mental. And it's like when you've got 30 kids, it's, Aye. oh, it's hard going. It's hard. See this single parenting, Mandy, it's no easy, I it, tell it, you that. It's no easy, it's definitely no. And you've got loads of help, though, with the wee man as well. I do, I do. And yeah, my mum, my dad and my sister are amazing. My sister's got them just now. My mum and dad are at the caravan. Um, and relax and get some peace. They said it's the only time to get peace for me. <laughs> and you're up here for a bit of peace. That's it, that's it. I'm up here for a wee chat. Um, but I, I'm always roping them into something. Aye. I'm always asking for their help. We are sure. Aye, they, they're always all involved. <laughs> they don't even well. need to be asked now. It's even like Gordon. I, I think even Gordon would be offended if I never asked. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do him instructions. That's it. You know. Yeah. Listen, it keeps them busy. My dad's retired now, so it's nice to keep them busy. Definitely. You know. So we judge force. How have you? How long? been a single parent for? Um, from the week after Jude was born. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh dear. So I have a story there, man. There is a bit of a story there in the year. Mm-hmm. Are we going to discuss that today? Um, yep, I'm happy to touch on that, definitely. Because um, you, you were in a relationship for a long time. Yes. So starting up your theatre school. Yeah, you. Yep, yep. Um, so I was actually, so I'm divorced now. 
I was married for maybe just, I was with him for 10 years. So school, we met at school um, and we were together for almost 10 years. Um, got married just a year before we split. Um, uh, it's a, do you know, it's a tough one. And I'm very, I'm the kind of person that um, I wear, I wear my heart in my sleeve um, and I'm an open book. And anybody that knows me knows that. I don't. I'm happy to speak. I'm happy to happy to chat about it. Um, but yeah, so we were together all that time, and then ugh, when I was pregnant, so we get married 2016, bought a house after all those years of renting, and mm-hmm. you know what it's like, self-employed and trying to get in the property ladder, um, and it was a bit of a, a tough gig to try and buy a house and everything. So done that, delighted. Uh, as I say, just get married, um, and then. I was pregnant with wee Jude and that was something that I had wished and prayed and hoped for and I never actually had the easiest of time to, to conceive wee Jude. So what I found out when I was trying, after I got married, I found out that um, one of my ovaries is slightly polycystic. So, and I was like, ah, yes, I've got an excuse for my weight. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an excuse how I need to shave my tash. <laughs> <laughs> too much info yeah so you i'm an Aye. open book mandy yeah. what you see is what you get <laughs> that's it but no seriously so and i remember and it and i think i'm quite uh as i said i'm all or nothing so see when i decide that this is what i'm doing and if that yeah. doesn't happen and i think it's so funny how you spend most of your adult life trying not to get pregnant yeah. and then the minute you decide if you, you think for it. but the minute you think that that's no one option or that that's not going to happen it panics you and I do catastrophize many things um and I suddenly thought oh I'm never having kids um and I was I was gutted I was and and it was only probably for me it was a short time I know how long some people really really struggle and I don't honestly hats off to people it must be very very difficult thing to try and come to terms with and I know that it's there's so many options now which is amazing for people um want to conceive um so yeah it was probably just under a year for me um and for me that was the end of the world because uh, it wasn't happening quick enough Aye. and whatever um but as i said really lucky fortunate so when i found out that we did see when i saw that we line two lines pop up i honestly think i had done best day of, of my life I, I honestly think i had done about 600 pregnancy <laughs> tests when i was when i was hoping to to have we did so it was much wanted much anticipated and prayed for um, I'm not a spiritual person, but um, I he was. I do really, really believe that that wee guy was sent, sent to, to me, sent to save my life, and by God has he saved my life. Um, so yeah, so had him um, when I was pregnant. Um, I, I found pregnancy hard, like, and and I was like, I need to stop moaning. I was moaning, thinking that I was even got, going to be able to have this baby, and now I'm moaning that I'm feeling sick, and I'm, so I was like, I had a work with myself, and I was like, right, you're really fortunate and you're really lucky. So I remember I lost my appetite when I was pregnant. So I lost my appetite for so I'm trying to think from the August until the January. I actually lost weight when I was when pregnant. pregnant. And I remember saying, like, when I found out, I am eating everything inside. <laughs> and I'm no caring because I've got an excuse. Uh, yeah, I'm eating for the two years. I'm you know, because I've just always been somebody that struggled with my weight. And I remember going, I don't need to worry about this. I don't need to. Nine full months. Oh, I, and then I was off food. Couldn't eat. I was living on, um, you know how those wee Calypso orange juice drinks, uh, cartons? Yeah. Them, um, ready salted crisps and plain meat chicken sandwiches. 
And like, still live in such a manic, busy life. Oh, aye, mental. Absolutely mental. Um, so, yeah, end of a pregnancy. Things were a wee bit um, strange, shall we say, um, at home and whatever. And you just kind of got that wee impression that something something was off, something wasn't right. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bore everybody with the gory details, but um, it's um, a really, really hard thing to find out that you've spent 10 years of your life with somebody um, and that basically the whole the whole time he was cheating on you. Um, so, yeah, I've got... I probably I know more than 10 people that... that um, yeah. That That's frightening. Oh, I it's mean, frightening. That, ah, it's frightening. That must have had a huge impact on you even still to the day. Like, how oh. do you trust people when know, you've, you've grew up with this person for 10 years? I know. I'm working on it. You're I'm working on it. And I think that's all you can do. Ah, I'll never exactly. stop working on it, you know. But, um, yeah, so ugh, things, things were really hard. So, um, yeah, so I left, got out of hospital. And I think anybody that's a mum will know that um, when you look at your wee one, something changes right. and it's like that's the most important thing in the world to you um, and I just kind of I just kind of get this wee strength for somewhere and I just went right I'm going and I'm, I, here for I'm, this wee guy. I'm here for this wee guy and he needs me to be alright and as I said when I when I went into half Jude I was in labour for 20 hours I don't do things by halves I'm a very <laughs> dramatic person <laughs> um, I was in labour for 20 hours um, I had to oh, I had every pain relief method going um, I ended up with an emergency section um, Jude got rushed away he'd swallowed meconium um, so he was in intensive care um, I woke up after my, well, I wasn't like knocked out, Aye. but I just had that many drugs, Come that run. much drugs, um, that I was out of the game. Three hours later, with them telling me that I had sepsis, that they were treating me for sepsis. You definitely are dramatic. Oh, listen, that's the half <laughs> um, So treating me for sepsis, and um, I woke up, and I was like, right, what does that mean? And they're like, oh, we're going to get you an antibiotics, a drips, whatever. Um, and they said, <laughs> this is really funny, they said, can you ever remember the NHS got hacked? All the computer systems? Aye. That was then. <laughs> of course. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously. Um, so they'd all been hacked and they couldn't check my bloods to check if they'd got it. Or I, I can't, I don't really know. I was just caring about going and seeing this wee boy. Aye, and I was, like, I was like, please take me down to see him. So I went and met him. He was all in his wee tubes and everything like that. But he actually done really well. But see, because he was he was like eight days overdue, to so see all the wee premies in there. Hot, hot <laughs> he, was he was massive. He was <laughs> a big chubby boy. Um, and wee tubes tiny. You've seen uh, him. He's yes. petite. He obviously takes it after me. <laughs> obviously, obviously. Um, and um, yeah, so he was in there for about three days. Um, after we get out. Something in me kind of just went, right, obviously nothing nothing had been confirmed to me before I had my wee boy cheating allegations and whatever, but a week after, I just, I was walking in eggshells, and I just thought, right, I'm not okay, I need to feel, although this is about Jude, no me, um, I need to feel supported, and I need to feel loved, and I need to feel like somebody's Safe. getting my back, and, and right now I don't feel like that, so where do you feel like that in your mammies? Aye. You know, and I went, and I, I left my house, we just never ever got to sleep in his room, and his wee nursery that we'd made for him, and, and it was emotional, oh, you know, it was it awful, was. and I think part of me probably left at that point, thinking, right, this is a week and a wake-up moment, hopefully this guy's going to say to me, oh, I don't know what I've been thinking about here and, and I love you and come back and that never, ever came. And um, aye, it was horrible. So um, I did really try my best, Mandy, to look at it and say, 
this person can still be a good dad and for the first year and a half of Jude's life I'd say that there was a relationship there mm-hmm. and I did try my best to put my our differences aside and say that this is Jude's dad and he deserves a wee chance here to if he's going to add to his life like anybody Aye. grandparents anything like that if people can add to his life then if it's going to be in his best interest then we'll do it um, was that always easy? No. Did so many people tell me why are you <laughs> why are you allowing this and uh, and I, I I did I did just try and look uh, at it. Just just that was it. I did point. I just I did and and I used to hate. So I remember we used to decide between us a Friday or a Saturday. He had him one week, I had him the next, and see that night I never had him. I've never been out as much in my life. I had to just go out, and I'm no big I'm no big drinker. Aye, you know, keep yourself busy. Absolutely. So I was just out drinking probably more than I ever have. Um, and I'm a new mum, do you know what I mean? But I'm also a new adult that's single for the first time in my adult uh, life. And, and do you think you were drinking to hide other emotions? Oh, oh absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, oh, I was, I was devastated. And that's the thing, I've always I've always um, struggled quite badly with my mental health, Mandy. Like, even going back to um, when, I was, when I was young, I know stories, um, my mum's told me stories about taking me to Blackpool when I was as young as four. And um, she took me to the, the circus mm-hmm. up, the, up the tower. And she said there was a leak in the ceiling, right? And she had to take me home kicking and screaming because I said we were going to flood and we were going to die. Right? Genuinely, right? And then the next night, she took me to the whole ice show and it was like fire. And I told her that we were going to get burnt. And and honestly, and I've always been, so from a young age, and I think nowadays, right, it's like people are so so more accepting, like anxiety and depression and... Um, like problems like that whereas then I remember my mum when I got to age nine because I was such a worrier my mum had stopped eating and all that because she had honestly and it sounds crazy but for anybody that struggles with like anxiety or like um kind of obsessive thoughts and all that uh-huh. like I remember somebody told me about global warming, global warming when I was nine and I thought this was the end of the world that this was and I stopped eating I felt sick I remember I remember and I felt physically sick like because of it um and my mum took me to the doctors eventually and she was like, listen, I don't think this is normal. Again, my mum had no clue Aye, like this. what this was about or she tried to help me in the best way she could, um, as she always has done with everything I've ever done. Um, and they, they told her, uh, the doctor, and this is, see, you say this out loud, it's actually um, disgusting, she's just got an overactive imagination. I never, I really oh, was struggling for a young, young age with anxiety and worrying and... And I think nowadays as well, that's going to get it, it's picked up more. Amazing, like back back then. Yep. that is social together. Absolutely, and I think this day and age, and although social media can be no a very nice platform for some things, I think for areas like that, um, it's definitely positive for people to see that it's not just them, no, and that there's, there's so many other people, people there and that that and feel like that. Reach out. Absolutely. So I remember being always kind of being a worrier, and I, again, I was always just told I was just a worrier. I was just an overactive imagination. And um, being eighteen, um, I remember um, being sent home for work and having to for the first time having to be put on which a medication that probably so many people will be able to um, relate, to. relate to. So citalopram. It was, and I've been on that ever since, and I'm I'm nearly thirty, um, and I and it's just helps me with my worrying and if and if that's going to help me alongside I've done um counselling I've spoke to psychologists I've done probably more so in the past couple of years yes. um but probably never had a, 
a, a, a very steady hand <laughs> to start with. Um, but yeah, I definitely learned how to control it all. And, and I went to kind of CBT therapies for um, learning techniques and whatever to keep all of that under control. And I think that's something that probably anyone that looks at me would never think no. that I struggled with that. And which I and I'm more than happy to tell people about that because I do tend to say that if somebody like me that like I know that I, I try my best and I um, I go to work and I've got my own business and I'm holding my own house down and I'm if somebody can struggle that that looks to be like can I succeed in life and looks then that's all right Aye. do you know what I mean like yeah. the, it, it doesn't matter what background you come from or it really really doesn't matter it's nothing it's no an external source that's causing it, it it's just and you wear your heart on your sleeve you're absolutely open. you tell everybody absolutely like, so relatable well that's it so and I do and I just think there's absolutely nothing wrong with it it's like um and I do tend to try and say to myself I, I got a, um, a metaphor to me before saying somebody that's diabetic their body doesn't produce enough insulin and they need to obviously Aye. give themselves insulin um, your serotonin levels in your brain if you need a wee bit of that to help you yep. then I'm all for it so if it's going to make me feel happier a happy mum's a happy baby I think and, and I want to be a, the best version of me for uh, for Regent you know I mean you've I mean, you've hit rock bottom you, <sighs> you're surviving I think I you've hit rock bottom more than once oh I know I know so yeah, so and what about we Jude? So how does mm-hmm. does he have contact with his dad? Have you got support? so so Jude's Jude's you I know you know this. I don't know about anybody listening, but um, Jude's dad's in prison, so that's a pretty recent thing. Um, and probably due to respect for my wee boy, um, his family, things like that. Yeah. I won't gouge in there too much but he is in prison for quite serious offences and that has been a very very hard pill to swallow must have an emotional impact on you absolutely even though you know that you were together it's just um jude is absolutely fine jude is thriving jude has no clue (laughs) he's four that's that's the beauty jude disney absolutely so he is um as i said he's four he doesn't know he knows a house a happy family that's me him and minnie minnie, minnie. The, dog, minnie the dog another wee pest <laughs> um and and that's it and he's thriving everywhere he's doing well at nursery um he does his swimming lessons he does his theater school he does god what else do taekwondo um he's got a better social life than me honestly um but yeah so that's obviously his dad going to prison is something that i do worry about in the future for him and the impacts that that would have in him with society with people uh potentially potentially like i would be the one to tell him Aye, you does that make sense yeah. i want to i want to tell him mom. i'm his wee safe place and Aye. no matter what he needs to know in life he comes to me and i'll tell him the truth yeah. albeit that we a child-friendly version um, until he can absolutely until he can find out so yeah, so that's been that's that's been difficult. That's it, been it, it must have been tough for you as well though, Lisa. Like you must have so much going on in your head around the full subject yet. I have good days and bad days still. And I think the amount of people so Lanarkshire Belsall specifically is a small place yes. and I'm aware I know the stories and it's not always in a bad way. Aye. It's like, you know, it's like you hear that and gossip uh, gossip and for a while and we're all we're all guilty of it and I think for so long I moved I moved up to Wisher um not long after we split because I just I I needed to have my own wee space and and was that just to get you away to get me away and to be somewhere that nobody knew me 
and nobody attached a story to me and a stigma to, to me you. just to be me and to try and figure out figure this out and I think the hardest thing for me was becoming a single mum I think the hardest thing sometimes is the vision of how it's supposed to look you know um and that isn't even how you imagined it to look that was oh, that was not in my wildest I mean I, to me and I say this in inverted commas um I did it <laughs> how they say the right way and I'm getting married and right, I like to yeah. have and there's no right way but how society perceives to be normal is or the right thing to do is to get married have your kids and and I feel like I, I tried my best to do that you've and done the textbook I've done the textbook aye that's aye. probably a better word to describe it um and I I just I could not believe that that happened to me I couldn't get my head around it I couldn't accept that that happened to me that I was a single mum that I, that I was raising a baby myself, that I was, and I found really, really, that was probably the first thing mentally that I struggled with. Um, I also loved this person, really loved that person, and I'm not ashamed to admit that. I've for done a long lot, time For a well. long, long time, for, for probably, at the time I'm 26, so probably, I almost half in my, my life, life, you know. Aye. And um, grew up together. Let's grew up together, aye, absolutely. And it's just, sometimes things happened, I don't hate my ex-husband. Um, I feel so disappointed. And I've done a lot of therapy and counselling. And um, I think people, there's reasons why people don't just do things for no reason. And there's there's obviously events beforehand that build up to the way a person behaves and whatever. And I can do none of it, by the way, because it makes me feel sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you do have to try and look at it and dissect it a bit and take it apart and, and try and look at that and say, that was never anything to do with me. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I think you can drive yourself insane and think the whole time I'm married to somebody how did I not see this and how how didn't I pick that up I could I could have um potentially like like got right in there and tried to fix it or put a halt to things or stop it but realistically um it wasn't me and there was nothing I could do and when you're in a bubble when you're in a certain bubble it's really difficult to see outside that bubble um and I know, and I know you've said this to me as well, that for the outside we looked like the perfect couple. Exactly. And I've had so many people said that. Um, and again, that used to be quite hurtful when I heard it. Now it's not. Aye. But I, I used to, because I thought so as well. Exactly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I remember, I remember we split up and I remember like getting through my phone to see who I could text. I didn't even any boys' numbers. <laughs> Dad's for the feet. Honestly, God, <laughs> that, that, that pig's been texting everybody. Um, but yeah, so... Did a lot of did a lot of therapy, did a lot of counselling, and I'm not saying that by any means that I'm there yet because I'm not, and I still have bad days, and I know that sometimes social media can make it look as if people we're always happy to share the positive, and that's why I'm happy to speak today and say it's no, it's not always it's not always um, rainbows, you know, it's not always easy, and obviously take aside um, the past couple of years and the events that have happened. Just bringing up a kid on your own is hard in itself. Just coming through a really traumatic labour and birth and almost dying, uh, both of you almost mm-hmm. dying, yep. is hard in itself. Aye. Do you know what I mean? That would scare people. Scare you. So I think there's been a lot that's happened. Um, finding out that your husband has been having countless affairs is obviously an absolute kick to the teeth um, to start. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's just there, there obviously there has been a lot. And then, um, again, something that I'm happy to open up about... Um, so 
in addition to all that kind of thing, um, when I look back at my relationship and I'm naive and I'm a 16-year-old girl that's um, got with somebody and I never imagined in my wildest dreams that I'd end up being married to them and being with them for uh, almost like, almost a decade, love. you know. But, um, yeah, so there's obviously behaviours there that um, I now look back and go, why did I put up with that? Why did I take that? How could I not see that? How could I not see that? So I, I, as well as doing my counselling and everything like that, um, which has been really, really helpful, my counsellor, Jane, is um, amazing. Um and I also uh, <laughs> right, that you were kind of so obviously um, I was naive and I'm young and I've never been in a relationship by the way I had never had a boyfriend um, I was always First quite serious boyfriend and I was always quite shy I'm not shy but with boys I was Aye. always I still am actually <laughs> that's why I'm still single four years later <laughs> you took the words out from Jeez, right anyway moving on <laughs> um, is that a wee a wee plug there. Is that a wee plug? Any, listen, any single dads? <laughs> <laughs> Cut that. Send a profile. <laughs> Sorry, right, back on track. Um, so, yeah, looking back, there was a lot of behaviours and stuff, and I remember um, being advised, um, I attended Women's Aid, Motherwell Women's Aid, it's probably near where we are right now, um, and I had to undertake a course on coercive control mm-hmm. and you know that just a few weeks before I went over to do that I used to go once a week and I used to go over and would speak about everything obviously domestic abuse people think is getting battered aye right and it's no always the so physical no no they opened my eyes and they they like kind of informed me how that can occur and how that can happen and I had absolutely no idea that that was happening to me. To you. To me. Uh, and I never thought for a minute that that could happen to me. Um, and it took me a long time to get my head around it and be able to say that that did happen to me because, again, I used to think, oh, he never hit me. You know, uh, that ever happened. Is this is normal. This is just normal. So you've obviously got, um, you've got your physical, you've got the mental side of it, which mm-hmm. definitely happened to me, you've got sexual abuse um, and financial. So that's like the four kind of points that they, that they talk about. So usually a lot more than one is occurring in it whether you notice it or whether you don't um financially for me it was a case of I was left to deal with all the finances Mm -hmm. and I had all that added pressure and stress as well um it was there was a bit of debt racked up that I never knew about that I was hate for to try and soar even when I split for him um so you've got that um you've obviously got sexual abuse um physical I was never hit but mentally it's, it's really, really took really took its toll on me. I think this person looked at me um, when we met as being somebody that was struggling with my with my kind of confidence and my anxiety and worrying. And, and I, I, I do really believe that that was a road in. Mm-hmm. I believe that was a road in, and that was a wee soft spot to, to kind of get, get in me. There. Yeah. So the the kind of I'm, I'm trying. I just think that it's obviously a hard thing to speak about. Oh, um, absolutely. It's a hard thing to speak about. You've done amazingly. Thank you. But it's a hard thing to speak about, but I do, I'm I'm really, really passionate about getting the message across that it can happen to absolutely anybody. Um, And it's really easy, like I said, for other people to look in and be like, I wouldn't be having that. And how could that happen? But you might not even know it's happening. You don't know it's happening. No, 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 no. It's it's absolutely not an overnight process. It's something that's built up for a long, long time. 
um, your trust first is taken, um, then it's almost a case for me. Um, the kind of anxiety was played on mm-hmm. uh, almost to the extent that my kind of confidence was rock bottom. Um, and maybe I didn't want to go and do these things for myself or go and do. Um, so I was kind of there and I was kind of under that control. Um, there was a couple of instances where um, I never, ever knew, because people have asked the question and said, and I, and I get it, people have asked the question, how could you not have known that you were being cheated on? Right? Mm-hmm. And I get it. I, right. I, I do get it. Times 10. Absolutely. <laughs> right? And I do get it. But when you're in that situation with somebody, you trust them so much that even the thought that that might even be a possibility is Aye. mental. Um, I remember waking up one one morning and um, saying, oh, I had a terrible dream last night. And he replied, who was I cheating on you with now? You see what I mean? Aye. That's an example. At the time, I was like, aye, all right, shut up. Most of our dreams you cheat on me all the time. And he would say things like... Um, you know everybody. I couldn't imagine. You'd, you'd fun out that this is the and kind of thing. this was all going on. This was all going on. Um, you've got things like, um, there was a song that used to be sung to me, Mandy. You know the song by Reds? All of these problems are all in your head. All of these problems are all in your head. We song. Well done. <laughs> no, thanks. But no, that was that was something that, oh, that there's your song on. Like, it was like as if I was over-dramatised. Drama- and this is just... This is just chit-chat to me. This is just everyday life. And this was the kind of stuff that was, like, heavy on me. you just get used to this? I just get used to it. And I just thought that... um, That's normal. That's what goes on. That's that's what happened. Um, There were times when I remember... It was a case of, we would say, and I, I believed these beliefs were my beliefs. Aye. And they, they weren't they? They get drummed into you. You just... So I've done a lot of soul-searching to try and find out, like... What I think and what Aye. because from sixteen, which is a crucial age when you're learning oh. a bit about yourself, Aye. and to be so heavily influenced by somebody else's behaviours, um that you just adapt to it and just oh, narcissistic behaviours at that, you know? And um I know that's a strong word, but um by God, it's 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 a truthful one in, in this case. Um and it was things like it was like I would always say to people, Oh, I've got trust, I'm in a relationship, I'm never going to be able to see if I don't trust somebody. There's, this person would say to me, "Here, take my phone if you want, but see if you need to, see if you feel like you need to read my phone." There's nothing left here. We're not going to be together. Aye. And I was like, "I've never. Why would I ever want to read your phone?" But see, thinking back, I remember so many nights lying in bed when that person was sleeping, and thinking I could grab his phone and run into the toilet and lock the door. And I want to read. And that. I want to read that. But I put it to the back of my mind. Always put it to the back of my mind. Because saying to yourself, I'm not that person. I'm not, I'm not like that. See, see if this person ever cheated on me. I would find out and that would end it. And that would end it. But it was situations like that that, um, yeah, that, that, that absolutely, I remember, as I said, I've always struggled with my weight. And I um, was doing really well at Slimming World, right? And I remember, I mean, I wish I could do really well at Slimming World right now, but unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a total emotional eater. Um, and I remember doing really well and starting to lose good bit of weight. And I was feeling good about myself. And every time I came into the house, there seemed to be food, junk food, so much junk food you in liked. my fridge, that things that I loved, that, that this person knew that I loved. And I would be like, can you please, you know I'm trying so hard like, and I'm feeling really good about myself, 
probably to an extent I was gigging at the time I was singing I was up in front of an audience and I didn't feel self-conscious I felt like I was happy in my skin and and these people don't tend to like that Mm -hmm. they like you on the floor they like you where they're under their clutches you know and again no realizing that at the time and I honestly remember right and this is horrible I remember coming in one night and saying he was eating whatever it was he was eating and I was like I don't want it just take come on have a bit have a bit and it sounds like oh it was just a wee laugh Uh right literally as a joking way pinning me down and putting food this these snacks in my mouth going you know you want it come on have it and And i'm laughing and going see you like what are you like Like, move he's such a pain like really really, that's not all right that's not okay you know and my mum going back to that my mum used to say to me um Things like uh, use he's dead rough with you, and I'd be like, "Okay, we're just playing, getting on." She's like, "He's hurting you," but it was she, a joke. Aye. Everything it was, a joke. was a joke. Comments about and this is the last I'll say on it. Comments about my body, showing pictures of people like on his phone, right, and going, "I've just oh my God, this person really looks like you," and I would go, "Oh, let me see," thinking I'd a wee doppelganger aye. somewhere. And I'd look and I'd be like, why, why are you saying that? Like, And it was like really unflattering, the most unflattering pictures that he could find. And I would be like, why are you, why, does my body look like that? Aye. And he'd go, oh, for goodness sake, see you, you're a nightmare, take a joke. So then you've got me that's feeling really underconfident and down and depressed and anxious and because these things, these wee seeds that were planted in my head over the space of almost a decade, I believed them. And do you know what? See, some of them, I still believe uh, them. I was, uh, that, I was actually going to say that too. Aye. So it's taken a long, long time for me to try and um, get over the whole situation. Will I ever 100% get over a situation like that? I don't know. It's a very unique... <laughs> I don't know many with a, with, a, with a similar story, I'll say. Um, but... I'm determined that um, I won't judge people based on his actions and I'm determined yep. not to believe that every person's the same. Although I do have problems with trust and trying to trust people and um, even things like my mum, <laughs> she'll laugh and she'll say, he's a cuddle, see if I'm upset. Aye. He's a cuddle. Don't come near me. <laughs> <laughs> I hate cuddles. I'd never used to hate cuddles. You used to love cuddles? Yeah. So you think he could? I just clam up a wee bit. I I clam up a wee bit. So, but I do think that that's understandable, um, given the nature of the past. What a journey that's been. What a journey that's been. So here we are. um, I'm just taking each day as it comes. Um, I have started writing a book. Amazing. How and how you? How's is that? been good for you do you feel like you're getting your your emotions out there your thoughts out there is it emptying mm. your insides <laughs> literally so I think that um there obviously is so much there bottled up and it's like where does that go do you know right. what I mean it's inside and how I know do, how do I get it out how do I get it out I've got um like physical symptoms of anxiety mm-hmm. through and I don't even realize that I'm worrying 
but it's almost like kind of post-traumatic um, with me and it's like I get really quite bad like pins and needles in my hands and my feet and um, eye floaters like and it can all be caused the anxiety but it's obviously just that total build up of the adrenaline in my immune system mm-hmm. that's absolutely rattling <laughs> so I we, we, we take each day as it comes um, the book so many people said as I've like kind of went deeper with friends and told them things them and um, they've said you should write a book because I've told them things and, and, and bits and bobs and I'm like oh, I don't really want to read my book <laughs> but they're like honestly it's, it would be interesting it's a it's a lot and a story it's a lot to happen and I, I thought about it and um, I was actually really inspired by you know Sophie Grant yeah so Sophie actually when I went to college and did musical theatre Sophie did her um, acting and performance right so we were in like the same course not the same course but the same kind of department and Sophie's so lovely and when I saw um, that she had done the book which I loved by the way giving Amazing a wee book. plug a Glasgow Amazing kiss book. everyone if you can <laughs> if you want to read it um, and it's just and it is like my eyes have been opened up to the modern dating world right oh. <laughs> I hate it I absolutely I've, I've heard some of your stories in the modern dating world so I don't think I don't think we could share them no Mandy we'll keep them we'll, we'll keep them for, a, for the fever pitch lobby <laughs> Keep it, keep yeah, it up dance absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's horrible, and it's just not a nice place to be. Mm. And I think, see, for somebody that had their life set out in front of them, I think I really do take it out as well. Um, because I'm like, I just wanted to be married with my Wayne, and and I was quite happy. And you, when you dated, you were sixteen. I was a Wayne. Aye. I'd never. That was my first date. I ended up marrying the guy I went on a first date. <laughs> Guys, need to watch out with me, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe um, that's how you're struggling. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. Fuck, um, So, I so, um, I read in her book, and it's amazing. Uh, did you read it? Aye. Oh, I love it. So, so funny. One. Same, so funny. So, anyway, I read that over Christmas, New Year, into another lockdown, and it was just obviously in my head, people saying, like, you should do that. I was bored. If you I, know Sophie, you Do you know what I mean? And I was like, I'll, and I, I would love to, I've not even actually told her either that I've been, I've started doing it, because... I'm still at the stage that I don't know what I'll do with it, Aye. if I would publish if it, or if I would even do anything with it. It might just be therapeutic for me just to get that out there get on paper. Get it out there and you could burn it. Well, that's also, that's also a good idea. So I have literally got, so I've like kind of 30 chapters and I've done a quarter of the book. Amazing. So I've written a quarter of the book, but over the summer holidays, now that I'm off again, things have been pretty busy, been back at work, but... I've kind of gave myself to the end of the summer holidays to get half of them. Amazing. And then to the end of the year to do the rest. But I was having a really rough, um, a really rough weekend. Was it not that weekend there, the one before? Um, and my family were away to the caravan. And it was just me and Jude. And it's sometimes when he goes to bed at night and I'm sitting. And it's Alone. been and that's been four years I've been doing right. that for, you know. And and I was kind of sitting. Some, do you know what? See, sometimes I'm absolutely on top of the world. And that's that's the truth. See, sometimes I, I think, oh, I've got the best me life. I've got, as I said, I, I went from Mandy losing my... So my ex-husband um, ran the building that my studio used to be in. Right. And I went from having to give that up. Um, at the same week selling my house um, I just had a baby um, I went back to my mum and dad's and they don't have a spare room um, so I was in this is the honest honest truth I was in a double bed with my sister and I had a cot at the side of the bed and we had two suitcases and for the first 10 weeks of Jude's life that's oh, how we aye. that's how we that's how we done and I, that was rock bottom oh. I remember days when um, I physically felt like the only reason I actually lifted my head off the pillow was because Jude cried to be fed 
that's that's what you were up against. That literally, and I, I just knew that during the night, because he needed fed, aye, and you, that was the only reason I was up. And you've nowhere to go. You're in your mum's house. You're in one bedroom. Absolutely. Although it's your mum's house, aye. It's never but my you. sister's next to aye. me, and she's up for work the next day, and the baby's crying during the night to get fed, and and I just went, I need my own place, and I was terrified. I was like so scared. I, I I used to see when I was like with my ex, like I used to be like, see if he was ever working away, or I would be like, mm, I need somebody to stay with me. Right. Like I feel like the past four years, and I really honestly believe that everything happens for a reason. I was very naive. I was very naive to a lot of things. Open my eyes up. It's opened my eyes up a lot. Yes. Um, it's changed me as a person. I'm so much stronger. Um, um, I can adapt. To situations that I maybe wouldn't have been able to do before, I realised I wasn't. Totally would rely on somebody else. I to totally do it relied. Totally, totally relied on that person, but that person absolutely loved me relying on Aye. them. And I think that person got an absolute shock one when I left them, mm-hmm. without having the confirmation there that there was anybody else. Left them, couldn't believe it. Um, and I think I've just learned so so much and got my own house. So um, the, one of the big things that really upset me was um, when I had bought my house and I had to sell it. And I was like, I don't want to go and rent again. I have spent about four years trying to sort credit ratings. And, do you know what I mean? So it worked so hard to get that house. It was my dream house. It was lo- it was beautiful. It was all done the way I wanted it. It was walk-in condition. As I said, doing that wee baby's nursery up and him never getting to sleep Aye, in that, that bed. That nursery that you've dreamt of. Do you know what I mean? So that, he never, that he never Aye. got to sleep in. And it just it broke my heart. So ten weeks I was back at mum and dad's and I got a wee rental house. And I moved in, and I remember the first night, um, he was crying during the night to get fed. And I got up and fed him, and I had this wee rocking chair in his room, and I'm sitting there feeding him, and he was cr- and I'm sitting going, how can I do this? Aye. Every night, just me. On my own. On my boy. own, with this wee boy. And slowly but surely, and there was hard nights, there was hard days, or still hard nights and hard <laughs> days, right? But I kind of look and go... Like, he's four, he's thriving. It's a wee bit easier for me now because he's no this wee tiny baby. Look what the two years I've came through Look what we've done. And in October, um, just there, um, I've been grafting for a few years and um, I bought my bought my own house Brilliant. so bought my own house, yeah, forever to- house my forever house and do you know what it needed so much done yeah and i am skin trying to do it up right like every penny i meet goes into that yeah. house like and it needed so much done to it and see the more i do it i, I quite you like it, it that way aye because i'm like that this is mine absolutely nobody in this whole wide world can take this off aye. me nobody can come in and make me have to sell this or make me everything i've done to it is mine everything that i've bought myself Oh, the love that's filled in it is just oh, yours and A million percent, and he loves it. And you know, we were at the caravan, and he says, Mummy, where are we going home? I miss our house. Just and he just. Sanctuary. Honestly, Mandy, he loves it, and he is the happiest, happiest wee guy. I just tell him, um, I tell him the truth. I tell him that um, he has got a dad, and I've showed him a picture of his dad. Um, and he knows that, well, he's, he's obviously only four just now, but when he is old enough to know, he will find out, as I said, child-friendly versions of absolutely anything. Um, when he is of a certain age, if my wee boy wants to meet that person, I think when you're a mum and you need to kind of make their decisions for their best interest until they're of a certain yeah. age, yeah. my wee boy will be given the option to meet 
or do whatever he likes or have a relationship or whatever he'll get the whole picture and I'll be there by his by side supporting him in whatever he chooses because that's no my decision to make when he's that age that's but right now it is right, right now, now you're there to protect him and I need until to make sure he has, he's ready and as of age to make these decisions for himself absolutely so no he's doing great we've got a wee house we've came for so I was renting see while I was saving up for my house we were renting a one bedroom so he was in the bed with me for like two years or something like that. It uh, must be really hard if he's in his own room now. You must have been well, so uh, attached to having him with you. See, when I say this boy still won't get out of my bed, Mandy. Oh, so he's still there. <laughs> he, he has his own room. He uh, has the jungle room that he was hoping for. Um, and it was funny because we moved in. This year's right, big boys sleep in their own beds. And he was like, right, okay, mummy, can I fall asleep in your bed and you can lift me in? Right, he's a wee widow, honestly. Aye. See the pattern that he comes away with. Um, and I say, right, okay, that's a deal. So he falls asleep and I lift him in. Um, and halfway through the night, you hear the wee tiny feet running in, don't you? And he's like, mummy, I'm scared. <laughs> and I bet you're quite happy, though, to have Do you him jump right in a side. See if I've no get him in my bed with me. I just think, I'm very much so, seeing life, right? Like, I was always probably a person that felt like they had to have everything figured out and had to know what was happening next and what the next step was. See, now I would honestly say that the only way I can get through the events that you've been through, that I've been through, is taking each day at a time and see if I can take each day at a time. I take an hour at a time. Aye. Wing it. I wing it. And do you know what? See the norm for what might be the right thing to do for your kids in terms of sleeping here, no eating sweets at this time. No, it goes out the window for me. And I'm happy to admit that. Aye, absolutely. I, I totally get that. Oh. Just Absolutely. See, whatever we need to do, I, I decided a while ago that Jude, with everything that was going on, Jude had to fit into my life. Mm-hmm. I couldn't fit into his and work my life around about his. So it was a case of whatever we do on a daily basis. I mean, as I said, he's thriving, he's happy, he's more than fine. Oh, he is. And we do whatever works for us. <laughs> and that's all I can and do. And take on a day-to-day basis. Day-to-day basis, literally. Yeah. Literally, I've just, my sister came from there and I was like, Caitlin, your nephew is annoying me. Take him. <laughs> Give me peace. <laughs> Honestly, and I love him. And do you know what? See, the minute I leave here, I'm like, oh, I need to go get you. Aye. Dead excited. I miss him when he's literally no there for like half an hour. I'm like, I know he's, I'll just, so do you know what? I can't believe I said that. And come back and he can be as annoying as he likes yeah. and I won't even moan. Amazing. Because <laughs> I just miss him that much. But he's my wee sidekick and he has been absolutely sent from heavens above to to save my life and he did he did that absolutely and he will continue to do so lisa yep well wow (laughs) that was so amazing (laughs) we you've been on quite a journey you've shared so much today yeah um i really appreciate you coming on lisa um and you're going to get into this book hopefully yes either you can get it published we'll come on and speak about that or i'll help you burn it whatever you're into oh amazing thank listen thank you so much for having me on i was quite nervous coming on of course (laughs) i knew what questions i was getting mandy um but yeah hopefully if i can maybe help one person that might be in a situation similar to kind of see maybe that's no right or that's then um i'll be i'll be happy amazing thank you so much thank you so much Thank you.